You are listening to the Flourish Together podcast, episode six with Ashlyn Carter. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Flourish Together podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Worley. Before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to thank you guys Everyone who is leaving a rating and review on iTunes, I really appreciate you guys sharing the show and leaving a review. It helps out the podcast and helps spread the message of the podcast farther than I ever could. So I want to give a big thank you to those of you who have shared so far. Keep sharing the podcast and keep submitting those reviews. I'm going to choose a review in some future episodes to read on air. And take a screenshot while you're listening and tag me in it on Instagram at Andrea M. Worley so I can see what you guys are doing while you're listening to the show. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Ashlyn Carter. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Flourish Together podcast. I am your host, Andrea Worley. Today, I have Ashlyn Carter with me. And um, hello, Ashlyn. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Andrea. So happy to be here today. Okay, so I know you through your YouTube channel. Uh, for those of that might be listening that don't know you or are not familiar with you, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, my name is Ashlyn Carter. I live in San Diego with my husband. We just celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary. And we have our three kids. Uh, Beckham is almost seven. And then I have Amelie and Florence, who are four and three. And yes, we live in San Diego at a little community called Point Loma, kind of near Point Loma Nazarene, where Travis and I met. And yeah, about gosh, almost three years ago, I decided, uh, thanks to my husband's prompting to jump in, like Andrea mentioned, and start a YouTube channel. So it's been quite the adventure and ride. I love it so much, but I share all things from cooking to styling my house to projects we're doing around the house to just faith and motherhood and things that I'm struggling with and what's on my heart. Um, So yeah, that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. And I love your YouTube channel. I first came across your YouTube channel. I think it was from your, your house tour. You did a house tour video. Yeah. And, um, so for those of you that have not checked out Ashlyn's channel, go over to her channel. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you guys and, um, check out that video. But, um, you already talked about that your husband really encouraged you to start your channel. And one of the things as a, for me as a subscriber and following you in your channel that I love is how open you are about your faith and how you incorporate that into your videos and kind of give everybody a peek inside, you know, your everyday life as much as you share. And I wanted to ask you, what was that process like when you were thinking about starting a channel and incorporating your faith, was that easy for you? Was that difficult? How has that been for you? Yeah. So my husband was the one that kind of watched YouTube more. And, um, three years ago, our youngest was only probably six months old when we start, when I started it. And so he kept encouraging me. He's like, you have so much to offer kind of more of a daily vlog type videos, kind of not daily, but 
more of a vlog type style video where you kind of just show your ins and outs of your day. He's like, I think people would really connect with you. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just, I don't really want to do this. But the more I just thought about it and prayed about it, I just really felt God prompting me that he's just calling me to share. I love, um, I love sharing. I, I always kind of process out loud and I find just comfort in that when others do. And so I, I just, that's kind of how I love to communicate. And so I'm like, all right, might as well just throw up an iPhone video and see where this goes. And uh, slowly it just was a really neat way to get outside of, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom now. Um, so it was just a really fun way to kind of get outside, you know, your crazy mom's own life. I had a three-year-old a one-year-old and a baby and be able to communicate with the world and other people around me in a very simple way. Started super simply, very low pressure, just started to try to just keep posting the whole first year. My husband was just like, just keep posting, just be consistent. I just started filming on my iPhone. And even to this day, while I enjoy sharing how to make a flower arrangement and what I'm eating and all of those type of fun things, um, the the videos that seem to continually connect most with other women are the ones where I'm open, I'm authentic, I'm sharing what I'm struggling with. And it's just, I feel like a really unexpected way that God's used um, my ministry and my ability to be open. And I feel like one of my gifts is a gift of encouragement is to connect with other women. So constantly reminded of that. Um, every single time I share kind of thinking no one's going to sit down and watch this eight minute video of me talking to them. They want to see things in action, but time and time again, God is just very faithful in, in how he's using something like YouTube. I love that because it's probably, I would assume that it's such a encouragement and a confirmation for you that maybe when you feel a little like unsure if this is going to resonate with somebody. Like you said, it gets the most views or the most feedback. And it really is like a little confirmation for you that, you know, you're, you're in the right direction with, with where you feel like God is asking you to be. Exactly. Yep. I just try to take it one year at a time. And, you know, there's weeks that I get very overwhelmed and I'm like, I can't post twice this week. And so I've learned to just let that go and kind of let it ebb and flow with the different seasons that I'm in right now. But I do feel continually called to keep showing up on YouTube. Um, I don't know where God's going to continue to use it or grow it, but um, even if it's for two people, I just feel like I see, um, I don't know, God's fruit and hand in it. So it's been really, really special for, for my life in this season. I love that. That makes me think of another question because, you know, you're a content creator of stuff online um, I don't know if you would say that you feel like any of this is your job, maybe a little bit, maybe not. Um, but one of the things that I myself kind of like identify with also being a content creator online is that like push and pull of a struggle of, I feel really called to this, but I also have to have kind of boundaries. And you recently kind of touched on this in a video that you did on your channel with your word of the year. And I wanted to ask you about it because your word for the year is strength. And mm -hmm. I wondered if you would talk about that a little bit because it's not the, the typical definition that people might think associated with that word. 
Yeah. Um, I know. And I kept coming, I haven't always done any word for the year, but I did one the last couple of years and I really like it. I feel like it continually kind of grounds me when I feel a little bit floundering and lost. So I just, um, towards the end of the last year, I just kind of did a hard look at how did 2018 look for me more, um, spiritually, like, like in my soul. Um, how was I influenced by, by people, by things. And I just felt like I was so weak. Like everything that I look back on that were trials were things that were um, kind of silly and just revealed that I wasn't as strong spiritually and mentally as I want to be um, as a woman, as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as a YouTuber. <laughs> um, so I feel like God kept repeating that word strength. Like you think of strength and mind spirit and body. And while body is important, I felt like God was saying this year, I really want you to focus on being strong in your mind and your spirit. And so what does that look like? It looks like living a life full of um, God's authority, God's power, instead of my own fleshly um, weakness that I kind of fell into last year. I was very easily swayed by other people's opinions of me. I found myself shrinking back and kind of minimalizing. I feel like who God created me to be, um, just doubting myself. And so I feel like God's like, no, this year we're going to proclaim strength, but in order to do so, you've got to put some tools in place to grow in those areas, right? We can't just have these words and these goals for our year. And, um, just hope that they'll happen. So a lot of times you have to put in practical work. And so for me, okay, how do we keep our mind and our, our souls strong? And I think that for me, I just have to reevaluate um, just my day-to-day, -day, how I live and how I spend my time. A lot of it comes down to time. And um, I woke up one morning, maybe it was like January 2nd. And I was like, for some reason, the first thing that came to my mind was like two hours on Instagram. Like, Literally, I wake up at 540 to do quiet time, two hours on Instagram, and I quickly grab my phone and I calculated and I'm like, if, if I were to spend two hours on Instagram every single day, that would equate to 30.4 entire full days. So an entire month out of the entire year that I will have spent on Instagram. Now, sure, I'm on Instagram looking up recipes and connecting with people and using it for good and, and also to relax and all those things are great. But that was just a huge wake up call. Like I don't want to live 11 months of the year. Like I want to get my full 12 months time out of the year um, in life as a mom with my kids, you know how fleeting every single day is as your kids as they're growing. And so that was a huge wake up call. Like how do I spend my time? What am I doing and pouring into my brain? That's going to produce, um, just someone that's living in God's power. And so I've had to really hone in on that. And I know this is a long response to the word strength, but those are some of the tools that I'm trying to put into place, just being more aware and practical of how I spend my time so that I'm filling my life with more of him um, so I can go out and live in more strength and in his power. So yeah. I love that you said that. I, like a month ago, did the like iPhone update where it shows you your screen time yeah, and breaks down like the different apps, social that, media. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like <laughs> a lot, a lot convicted about the amount of time. And when I looked at it and calculated it as well, I thought to myself, 
oh my goodness, the amount of time that I have spent on whatever apps um, is really like a like a full time job or like a part time job. Like when when I counted the hours. So I love that you shared that. What would you say to women moms out there that are feeling that like tug and push and pull between wanting to use the internet for good and seeing value and good things in it, but also feeling like maybe I'm spending too much time here. How can I prioritize this? What would you say? Hmm. Oh, it's so hard. It's just a daily battle and struggle. I mean, it is truly releases, you know, like dopamine and it gets your, you know, it's this, it's a truly addictive, addictive. And I think that for me, like I don't almost, so on Instagram, you can also set an alert to where it will say, Hey, you've been on for 45 minutes or an hour or 10 minutes, whatever you feel like your daily limit should be. Um, and then it's not like it shuts down after that, but it's just a little red flag, which is, I think awesome. that Instagram allows that. And not that I obey it completely. I'm like, Oh, I'm here. I got to turn this off, <laughs> but it is a good, I think, um, knowledge is power. And I think that sometimes we, we don't like out of sight, out of mind, you know, mentality is we feel like sometimes better, but I think maybe being, you know, and I'm preaching to the choir, but just being aware and looking at those numbers and saying, okay, well, can I do better tomorrow? Can I be on here for five minutes less? Can I um, set that timer, even though it feels a little harsh? Um, I think it's good to put some clear boundaries around our life and just be aware of how we're spending our time. I think it has, you have to do that. Otherwise you will mindlessly get on and scroll and, and feed that part of your brain that we enjoy. We enjoy looking at beautiful things. Um, but after a while, the voices that come in your head after you've been spending so much time online, whether it be YouTube or Facebook or, or Instagram or um, websites you're scrolling, whatever it is on the internet, um, starts to kind of dictate your thoughts. And so I think if we can just practice pulling away, um, setting the timer, literally, because sometimes I'll find myself carrying my phone around the house. And I know that's a problem. My three-year-old runs up and is like, here, mommy, when I'm in the other room, like I need to have my phone by me. So I think I've heard people like say, um, you know, putting your phone away in your room when you're around your house so that you're not always distracted and, you know, wanting to reach and look at it. I think it's setting alarms. I think it's just having a conversations and accountability with maybe other women in your life. Um, like, Hey, how are you doing? How's How's your time spent on social media? Um, maybe making a list, like physically writing down, what are some things that I want to do besides relaxing at the end of the day and picking up my phone? Let's try reading a book. Let's try, you know, actually physically just looking at my spouse for 20 minutes and talking, um, looking for other ways and being practical about how you can spend your time, I think is good. And I've also just really tapped into like quiet, like quiet is so good. And our culture right now is so noisy. And it's like, how are we supposed to continue to live out of this place of like, God created us all so creative. And how are we going to be able to hear from him and live out in those specific ways he has for Andrea to live or for Ashlyn or for whomever is listening? If we don't give him the time to just be quiet and, and kind of think through ideas, you know, we listen to a lot of podcasts and sometimes I'll go podcast to podcast and I'm listening to them. I'm like, Oh, this is so good. But I don't give myself the time and space to process and really like think or jot down 
what is God speaking to me through this? I just kind of go to the next because I'd love to be filled with knowledge. So, yeah. That's good. I like that. And I think it, I think it's good to have this conversation because we live in a culture that is so online and there, I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you, I love the internet for so many reasons, like for such as this, you know, just mm -hmm. connecting with other like-minded women. And, you know, I've, I've been able to meet so many great women online that I probably would have never come across and been encouraged by if it weren't for the internet. But I think that there's a large majority of women who are thinking about this very thing we're talking about. They're struggling with it or, you know, it's this back and forth for them, like I said, of loving being online and sharing and getting encouraged, but also feeling like, hey, I need to pull back and kind of be in my own real life too and invest mm -hmm. time in there in my my kids and um my community here and my husband and my friendships um you know those types of things so i think mm -hmm. it's good to have this conversation regularly with ourselves online but also like you said hold yourself accountable with maybe the friends in your life or your spouse um whoever so i, I think it's good and i feel like this is probably not ever going to go away so it's probably good to always continue the conversation. Absolutely. It's something that I think we're all trying to figure out for the first time. How do we, how do we use social media? It is good, but it can also be addictive and it could be destructive depending on where you're at in life. So you're right. It is good to have the conversations because we're all just doing our best trying to figure it out for the first time. There's no, there's no manual, right? So we've got to kind of do the hard work together. And that's why I love that you, that you talked about it on your feed, because I think it's important for um, women online who have a platform to talk about these things and kind of let everybody else know, like, no matter where you are on this journey or your follower number or whatever, that, you know, we're all kind of struggling with the same thing, or we're all thinking about the same thing at least. Mm -hmm. And it's good for people that do have a platform online to talk about these things and let others know like, Hey, this is not a left field. You know, we're all kind of in the same area here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about is I, from the outside looking in at least, I feel like you and your husband are so encouraging about how you guys really prioritize dating each other still after all these years of marriage. Mm -hmm. And I would love for you to kind of talk about that and touch on that a little bit. And has it always been that way for you guys? Um, and maybe just encourage those women that are listening that are moms and, you know, doing all the things of the importance of still dating your spouse and really making that a priority in your marriage. Hmm. Well, I have a very sweet, kind, loving husband and we have um, not had the easiest last 10 years. I just want to start off by saying that um, we've had our definitely high highs and our hard low moments that, you know, you don't see online. Um, so we have worked very hard to kind of continue to grow together and where we're at today. Um, about a couple of years ago, it was after our youngest was maybe like one or so, I just feel like we had a very huge revival in our marriage. We'd kind of gone through some hard things and you know, and you're having babies back to back and you've got little ones and you're pregnant and then you're nursing and you've got newborns 
just, I do feel subconsciously we were both like, okay, we are as much as we wanted and tried to be a priority. It was hard. Um, so I feel like he had this new love for me once I started getting more sleep, I had more energy. Um, so for the moms that are kind of in that season of pregnancy, postpartum, new babies, um, just hang on. You, you will come back to yourself mentally, physically. It takes time. Um, but I really saw a parallel there with my marriage, um, just being able to flourish and thrive again. Um, but we have had some people in our life, um, not, not our parents, but people who are very close to us that we have walked with and seen go through very um, devastating circumstances in their marriages. Some of them came back together. Some of them ended in just very tragic loss. But that, um, how Travis and I are both created, we're very sensitive people. And that has really rocked us. And I think um, just prompted year, two years of conversation over these families that were very near and dear to us that we watched um, just the enemy get the best of them. And we are very committed to each other and not letting that happen. Um, it is prom is it promised that that will happen to us? Not, not happen to us? No, absolutely not. But I think kind of like the Instagram thing, like taking a good hard look at your marriage and not shying away from, okay, where are some where are some areas that we um, aren't really on top of? Um, what are areas that we can be better in? I think it's the same almost concept of just taking good hard look at ways that we can do better and be better and not give the enemy any room at all to get in there. Um, so that has looked last year. Our goal was to do, I know a lot of people do like weekly date nights and that is just not practical for us in our season. So our goal was to do like a monthly date night and that was so fun and we did it and my husband planned a lot of them and I planned some and we just had the best time and sure, uh, you know, other ones would slip in here and there, but just scheduling date nights was huge. Um, we've also been really, since we've been married and then especially since kids, um, very aware of how important our marriage is and getting away each year, whether it be for three days or 10 days, really making that a priority, getting away with your spouse for that extended time. You, I think, you know, five, seven days is good because it takes a couple days to kind of relax and get out of your system. And sometimes you got to kind of work through some of those things that you've been maybe fighting through, but, um, those have been just pivotal experiences for us in our marriage. Um, so yeah, it's interesting how God uses other people's hardships sometimes and the things that we've walked through watching other people to, you know, open our eyes to the reality that, um, our marriage isn't a guarantee, but we have to work and fight hard for it. And, um, we're very aware of that. And I'm, I'm very, we were both very sensitive to also what we allow in our house. So my husband works in an industry where he has to meet with a lot of people and we set very firm rules. And while that might seem extra conservative for people, like there is no way that he is allowed to meet with any female one-on-one -on -one for coffee, whether it be strictly for obviously business, but we just, we're very like, we just don't allow those things. We just don't feel like that's necessary. If you need to meet with somebody of the opposite sex, then you need to meet in your office, you know? Um, 
So we set a lot of kind of firm boundaries that are very conservative to most people, but for us that works and that provides kind of this just a little bit of a safety net of trust um, that we keep in each other. So yeah, we're just, it's day by day though, working through it. I, lo I love that. You're like speaking to my soul. Right now. <laughs> my, my husband and I also have had similar um, things with friends uh, in our peripheral, you know, that have had things happen in their marriage. And I was just having this conversation a couple days ago with a friend and I was telling her that, you know, no one is going to fight for your marriage except for you and your spouse. Um, because, you know, like you said, there's going to be different forces, the enemy that's going to want to come against that and you have to fight for it. And um, we we're having the conversation of like, you know, we don't want to wait till things get bad to like check in with each other and, you know, check in with your spouse and say, Hey, how are you doing? Like, how are we doing? You know, um, that's why I'm such like a huge, um, advocate for like seeing a counselor, uh, not when things are bad, but go when things are good or when things are, you know, okay. And like, just like you see a medical doctor, like have that like check up with each other, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I love that, that you're saying this. And I think that it's really encouraging to hear that, you know, you guys have waded through different seasons, but mm -hmm. your marriage is a priority and you guys are really making the effort to say like, okay, season by season, what does that look like? And I think it's good. Um, like you said, like when you're a young mom and things are crazy, you know, or you're not always able to get away, whether it's because of kids or finances or whatever, that you can still have that kind of heart check-in with with one another and move forward in your marriage. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Yeah. And I just think one last thought is that marriage is one area that I feel like Satan attacks because like there's so much power in a couple that is just living for God. Like two are better than one. And with the Lord, it's just like, it's so powerful. And the impact that you have in your family, in your community, especially in a place where marriage is just falling apart left and right. And so we've kind of looked at that as a little bit of our ministry. Like we are, we're holding on and we just, we see the positive that can come from that. And there's so much fear in the world around it now. And a lot of people are choosing to not go that way because I think of how, how broken it is in our culture. So we also try to be an advocate for marriage. Like, Hey, marriage is awesome. <laughs> marriage is hard, but it is so good. And there's so much um, life and growth and refinement that comes in it. So yeah that's my little rant on it, but I do, I do. I'm a huge, huge fan. <laughs> I love it. And I, I think what you said is, is so true. I think that, you know, in our society and culture, you know, whether you are a believer or not, I think you're right. Satan is definitely attacking marriages, maybe more so than ever before. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think as parents, you, you have to be really mindful of, of that. I, my, my kids are in um, third grade and kindergarten. And I remember like a few weeks ago, like having some dinner time conversations and um, my daughter, you know, I mean, obviously divorce is totally a part of our culture. It was when 
I was growing up and I'm sure you as well. Like, um, but my daughter was like telling me about a friend from school that her parents were not together. And she started to have all these questions about why, why is that, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, it like kind of as a parent, it, it kind of like broke my heart. Like you want to protect your kids, you know, and, and from their, like, you want them to be innocent and they're, certain things like you don't want to have conversations about because you don't even want them to know that that's a reality or in our culture. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, my husband and I were like, okay, we're going to have this honest conversation with our eight and a half year old. Um, but we're also going to tell both of them that might be happening to your friend at school, but, but mommy and daddy are doing everything that that's not a part of our mm -hmm. home and we love each other and we're fighting for, um, our marriage. And it was a really sobering reality to know that this is out there. And while I'm not like naive to it, you know, it was like the first time we really had to address it with our kids. Um, because my, you know, my daughter's just at an age where, you know, they're absorbing things yes. and they're older now and they're, they're more aware of things than mm -hmm. they ever have been before. Yeah, that to keep those conversations going with your kids and be as honest as you can, but also like bring in the encouraging factor that with Jesus, yeah, you know, we're gonna have a different story. Yeah, that's so true. There's such a balance of not protecting or shielding them from the world, but also, yeah, walking through them um, with that, those questions with them and helping them not not be fearful of that because you don't want, you know, your kids scared that this is going to happen to you guys, but definitely aware of that. That's reality with people. So I'm sure you guys tackle that in a great way, but yeah, those conversations as they get older, whew, sometimes they catch you off guard. We try. I mean, this is like the part of parenting that nobody can prepare you for, you know? Yeah. Um, and sometimes I, I just have to like sit back and uh, sometimes like mothering and parenthood is just such a big job and sometimes I feel so overwhelmed but then at the same time I feel so grateful that we have the foundation of Christ that we can enter these things with a different perspective and um, and lead them in the best way hmm. that's so true that's so good so I want to transition a little bit. I always ask all of my guests their read, watch, listen, follow recommendations. So is there anything um, that you are reading right now that you are just loving or feeling encouraged by that you want to share? Yeah. So let me pull up my notes here. Um, you said reading? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was kind of laughing because my reading list kind of mimics my life a little bit, but I always have a few different books going at the same time. But I lead a Bible study for Point Loma girls, uh, call it Point Loma Nazarene College Girls Thursday nights. And we're just finishing up a book that we read um, called Brave Enough by Nicole Eunice, I think, or Eunice is her last name. Um, but it was just kind of, I feel like very relevant to any season of life as a woman, kind of, how do you show up in your life as being brave? And she kind of goes through all different, um, different ways. So that was a really great book to do with a group of girls as we're kind of just walking through this journey together. Um, I'm also reading kind of for fun, more of a light read is the cozy minimalist home by McQuillan. I think is it Smith? Um, she, 
Uh, she's so great. I just love her, her writing style and her, her book is kind of part reading, part coffee table book um, with pictures and just practical ways to create a home that doesn't need to be cluttered with so much stuff, but definitely has a strong sense of design. So that's kind of where I'm at, maybe because it's January and I'm just clear all the clutter after the holidays. But um, loving that book. And then lastly, I am also reading, I'm doing my second <laughs> Whole30. So I decided to pick up um, Melissa Hartwig, Hartwig's book called Food Freedom Forever. Have you heard of that? Um, because I have just the hardest time. I can be very focused. And when I do Whole30, I am like committed. There's no getting me off track. But then when I'm off Whole30, it's kind of like living in that gray area. I'm like, somebody just tell me what I can and can't eat, but that's not real life. So I'm, I'm reading this book in hopes that it will help me have more balance and um, freedom in my life with food. So it's been, it's been a good one. I can just pick up here and there. I love that you said that because I do a lot of different fitness challenges and my husband said to me the other day, he was like, I noticed when you're doing these challenges, you're really focused and you're like on the ball. But then he's like, when the 10 weeks are over, he's like, you fall off the wagon kind of. Like, <laughs> I know it's so terrible. I need to be better at just like being consistent and making a lifestyle change because I feel, I don't know how you feel about with food. I feel so much better when I eat a certain way versus eating another way, like physically feel a lot better. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why do I keep doing this to myself? I know. I know. I feel the same. I, I love eating healthy and clean and I do feel strong, but I also love baking and cookies. And so, you know, there's a balance there. Just everyone kind of has to figure it, I think, out there. On, plus, I try to be very low-key when I do um, things like Whole30 because, yeah, my husband's the same way. He's like, you're too cranky when you do this. You're just so focused on food. And so trying to just not talk about it this time. <laughs> That's awesome. Is there anything that you're currently watching that you're enjoying right now? I just don't watch a lot of shows or TV at night kind of going back to the whole thing. I'll just lay on the couch with my husband who watches whatever and um, just look at my phone or I'll go read. But um, I, let's see what am I writing down here. Um, I did watch a few episodes of that Marie Kondo, The Art of Tidying Up on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think after a couple, I was like, okay, I think I get the gist here. So I, ha I have enjoyed a few of those episodes. Um, and I don't watch a lot of YouTube, but I will say I do love another girl's YouTube channel. Her name is Lisa and she has the farmhouse on Boone okay. and she produces such great quality YouTube videos that I enjoy watching those sometimes in the evenings or whenever. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm watching right now. Not, not very exciting. No, I like it. I, I watched a couple of the tidying up too on Netflix and I felt the same way. I was like, all right, you know, I already was like familiar with her, but I just kind of see her in action, I guess. Yes. Um, so it was good, but I also didn't feel the need to like go tidy everything, which I think a lot of people are doing, which is great. But um, yeah, maybe I need to watch a few more. <laughs> yeah, I, well, we, my husband and I, we have uh, just within the last like year and a half, we, we downsized and moved to a smaller home. And in that downsizing, we purged a lot. And so the Lord really has done a really good number on my heart in my 
emotional attachment to stuff. Mm. And so I felt like so, um, I felt so encouraged when I watched that because I was like, I literally, for the first time in my life, don't have a bunch of junk to get rid of. And it was just so wonderful to feel like I'm on the other side of that. And, you know, I, it could like the, the new year, you know, brings out all the organizing and, you know, donation of stuff. And for yeah. the first time in years, like I don't have to do that because I don't have this overabundance of crap that I want to get rid of. Oh, it is. That is so true. That's so good for you guys. Such a good feeling to just live simply because the more stuff and the more clutter around your house, it truly does, you know, create anxiousness, especially in women. So good for you guys. That's awesome. Thank you. Is there anything that you are listening to or following with that or following along with that you want to share or talk about? Um, so I love a couple podcasts that I tend to, when I see them pop up with new episodes, usually are my first go-tos. The first is called the right next thing. And that is such a good podcast with Emily P Freeman. And she has a, some people, you know, her voice is very soothing and can tell she's kind of reading, but it's, um, know it's just kind of talking about decision making and how do we tackle the next right thing in our life and so I find so much peace when listening to that I have to definitely be in a quiet space and then have time to process after but I love her podcast I also enjoy listening to Jamie Ivey's podcast the happy hour she always has great guests and um she's just great fun to listen to encouraging and I have been tapping into here and there the Rachel Hollis Rise uh, podcast when I feel like I need a little extra motivation or boost in my um, or YouTube game to kind of take it to the next level. Sometimes I'll look into those type of podcasts. And then following, I don't know, I follow so many great people that I enjoy. Mostly that came to when you said follow that made me think of Instagram. But I don't know. I guess when I think of like my favorite people that pop up, I just think of my family. I always say they don't post enough. I have nieces and nephews and I just love when they post and um, just my good family and friends. I enjoy, I feel like I'm so oversaturated with, you know, the best home designers and fashion bloggers that those are just my favorites when my close family and friends post. So sorry, it doesn't give you guys much to go out and search for, but I love that. Those are my favorites. Uh, tell everybody, Ashlyn, where they can follow you online or connect with you after listening to this podcast. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Ashlyn, A-S-H-L-Y-N Carter. And you can link from there to my YouTube page um, or just search me on YouTube, Ashlyn Carter. I think it's youtube.com slash Ashlyn Carter blog. I'm not sure, but um, you can find me linked on Instagram for sure. And yeah. Well, thank you, Ashlyn, for joining me for this conversation on the podcast today. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me. Thank you so much, Andrea. That was fun to chat with you today.